This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Monday, April 12, 2021. On this day in 1869, serial killer Henri Désiré Landru was born in Paris, France. Landru manipulated 10 women into agreeing to marry him, then killed them and burned their remains in an oven. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of Landru's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes dramatizations and discussions of psychological abuse and murder that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the birth of serial killer Henri Désiré Landru, also known as the Bluebeard of Gambe. Let's go back to Paris, France on April 12, 1869. Aside from the fact that he was born to working-class Catholic parents, little is known of Henri Désiré Landru's early years. But if there were any signs of the monster he eventually became, he hid them well. According to Landru's wife, Marie-Catherine, he was a model husband. He was gentle and caring and worked extremely hard to support their family. And yet there were signs that something was off. Landru demanded his wife respect his so-called wall of privacy. Marie-Catherine agreed. Perhaps she felt that as long as he treated their family well, what Landru did on his own time was his business. She later told the police Landru was a skirt chaser. But once his issues went beyond extramarital affairs, they became much harder to ignore. Landru was a self-proclaimed inventor, but his machines didn't always sell very well. He said that so-called deceivers ripped him off. However, he was the one doing the deceiving. One morning, the police arrived at Marie-Catherine's doorstep while her husband was away. Apparently, Landru had tricked investors to advance money for production on a motorbike, then ran with the money. Marie-Catherine refused to betray her husband. She made up some excuse for his absence and shut the door. However, Marie-Catherine couldn't cover for him forever. Police grabbed Landru in 1904 after he tried to defraud a bank. Shortly after the arrest, Landru was committed to an asylum. According to the asylum's director, Landru had tried to commit suicide. It was possibly an attempt to get himself declared mentally unfit to stand trial. But when the doctor examined Landru, he was deemed quite sane. Unfortunately, tragedy soon struck the Landru family. 
1912, while Landrieu was serving one of his many jail sentences for fraud, his father hanged himself from a tree. He left everything to Marie-Catherine and her children, ashamed of his own criminal son. But when Landrieu got out later that year, he claimed his father's money for himself. And yet, it still wasn't enough for him. Landrieu continued his fraud schemes and even enlisted his wife to participate in them. Marie-Catherine pretended to be a woman named Celestine Buisson and gave Landrieu permission to withdraw funds from Celestine's bank. To facilitate the transfer, Marie-Catherine forged the unfamiliar woman's signature. However, this case was much more serious than bank fraud. In 1919, the police arrested Landrieu in connection to a litany of missing persons cases, and Celestine Buisson was among them. Marie-Catherine defended her husband. Yes, Landrieu was a womanizer, but he was a good man who supported his family. But the police had found Landrieu's notebook, which contained the names of 10 women and the teenage son of one of those women, all of whom were missing. Apparently, Landrieu had seduced these women. They didn't know he was married and had all agreed to marry him. Eventually, the women vanished until the police dug up their charred remains from Landrieu's garden. Once this information came to light, the police jailed Marie-Catherine as well. After all, she had pretended to be one of the murdered women, but they were never certain if she was an accomplice to her husband's crimes or just another manipulated victim to one of France's deadliest serial killers. Up next, we'll take a deeper look at Landrieu's mysterious crimes. Hi, it's Carter from ParCast Network. The Vatican is one of the most recognizable religious sites in the world, but it's also a powerful institution, its unique history full of secrecy. This Easter, my show Conspiracy Theories looks deep into the church's past to uncover how it became what it is today. Starting April 5th, our new four-part miniseries, Mysteries of the Vatican, dives in to examine some of the most prominent conspiracy theories surrounding this mysterious organization. From the church's sordid rise to power, to prophetic visions, and even assassination attempts. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Conspiracy Theories, to hear Mysteries of the Vatican. New episodes air every Monday and Wednesday, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. On April 12, 1869, Henri Desiree Landrieu was born in Paris, France. Nearly 53 years later, he was executed for the murders of 10 women and his first victim's teenage son. 
His nickname, the Bluebeard of Gombe, comes from the French fable about a man who marries women and then kills them. Landru had 10 fiancés, with some engagements lasting years, but in the end, he killed them all. While World War I ravaged Europe, Landru contacted 283 women through Lonely Hearts ads. Out of those 283, 10 eventually agreed to marry him. Landru repaid their trust by killing them, then incinerating their remains in an oven. There are no known details of how Landru carried out his crimes. All we know is that he committed three murders at his lodge in Vernouillet and the rest at the Villa Tariq in Gambe. When anyone went looking for one of the missing women or her mysterious suitor, all they had to go by was a fake name and the description of a short, bald man with a thick brown beard. Landru might have gotten away with it, if not for his unceasing desire to then take his victim's wealth and the subsequent paper trail he left. But thanks to France's patriarchy, he came very close to it. The trial surrounding L'Affaire Landru was a national sensation. Singers, actors, and even the Jungle Book author Rudyard Kipling showed up for the grisliest event in France since the end of the First World War. Landru denied everything. His mood swung from righteous fury to dangerously manic. Landru refused to take what he called the cackling of the female witnesses seriously. His legendary attorney, Vincent de Moreau-Jaffary, tore through the prosecution's evidence. Meanwhile, the judge considered the victims foolish and merely missing. Newspapers scoffed that the witnesses giving testimony were all lowly, working-class, unmarried women. But those same women would bring Landru to justice. Celestine Buisson's younger sister, Marie Lacoste, was involved at almost every step of Landru's prosecution. She had compiled a full dossier on Landru before officials suspected him. Then she sat in on police interrogations. At the trial, when asked to identify the man who killed her sister, Marie Lacoste aimed her cane directly at Landru. In the end, the jury found Landru guilty of the deaths of the 11 victims. When guards returned Landru to his cell, he was furious that when the sentencing was read, women cheered. Landru arrogantly refused to sign an appeal for clemency that would have saved him from the guillotine. Three days later, Landru was executed by Anatole de Blair, one of France's most famous and prolific executioners. Landru's execution took a record 20 seconds. A crowd gathered to watch the guillotine blade, lovingly called the National Razor by its fans, slam down. Landru's infamous Gambe residence became a restaurant, capitalizing on his terrifying notoriety. The restaurant proudly displayed the tiny oven that Landru used to destroy human remains. While Catherine Marie Landru and her children vanished from history, the same can't be said about Henri Landru. 
You can go to the Museum of Death in Hollywood, California soon and see for yourself the mummified, severed head of the Bluebeard of Gambay. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this, check out my other show, Serial Killers, on Spotify. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Gitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Daniel William Gonzalez, with writing assistance by Alex Benedon and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 